This is season six of the Team Roping Journals podcast, The Score. With over two million downloads, this is where Team Ropers talk. This week's episode is brought to you by Goldbuckle Horse Sales. Goldbuckle Horse Sale has come up with a process to take the guesswork out of finding the right horse and allowing both buyer and seller to find the perfect match with confidence. Each horse can sign through Goldbuckle Sales. It's professionally photographed, videoed, and demoed by a Goldbuckle Pro. This episode is all about the Goldbuckle program, and we'll tell you more about it throughout the show. Hey everyone, this is Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome to another Horse Market Report of The Score. This is an episode with Goldbuckle Horse Sales team, Matt Sherwood and Troy Gokritz, and we are going to talk through the horse buying and selling process, all the challenges that team ropers have faced over the years, buying horses, uh, finding horses, trying horses, and how Matt Sherwood and Troy, they are working with Goldbuckle Horse Sales to solve a lot of those problems that that people face uh, when they are out in the open market, shopping, not sure who to trust, not able to fly across the country to try a horse. So this is what today's episode is all about. Some of the solutions to the current dilemmas of buying and selling horses in the rope horse market. So today's episode is with Matt Sherwood and Troy Gokritz. This is our horse market series where we're talking about buying and selling horses and the state of the market. And that's the perfect time to bring in Matt and Troy because of their new endeavor, new-ish. When did, when did Gold Buckle Sales start? Um, it started about a year, well, now we're almost coming up on two years. So it's been a little bit. Gotcha. And so I wanted to start talking about your new online sale platform, newish online sale platform, by having Matt talk about what the horse buying process looked like when he started in this team roping business 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we'll say 30 sure, years, 20, ago. 25 or 30 years ago. Okay. Um, then horses were, you know, were not near as expensive on a dollar wise. It still felt like a lot at the time, five to $10,000 horse when I was young was, was a gray horse and was pretty expensive. And you were, you were a lot more, uh, kind of buyer beware market is you would go try a horse and, and, you know, I like it. I don't remember back in the day taking horses to competition and riding them and keeping them for a week or two and having, having those luxuries. I'd go try it and, either say thank you that's not going to work or here's here's a check and, and i'm leaving with leaving with a horse and the horse is mine good bad or indifferent and so it's got a lot different than that i i feel like today in the private sector especially you know you have opportunities to go and let me take this horse to a competition let me ride him and and through that like i've had a lot of people uh usually older guys or or less experienced guys you know like hey will you please go I'm looking at this horse. Will you please go with me to try it? And so, like, I go with them, and 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 like, it's hard for I want to say lower number, but like an inexperienced, less experienced rider to just hop on a horse that they don't know. They don't want to. They don't want to fall off. They don't want to go faster than they're comfortable doing. You know, and so it's easy for them to have someone like, hey, get on this horse and run a couple on him. And I, I've even had people like, hey, what do you think? I love him okay, we're going to buy him, and then they take it, take the horse home, you know, and then they can rope a sled on him, they can rope slow steers, and they can take 
a long time before they feel like they have to go out in public on the horse and they get really really to know the horse and more comfortable on the horse so i feel like that things have changed a lot from just you know either buy them or don't and, and get out of here to now you have time to check check and and take the horse to competition and ride the horse and keep him for a little while or 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 even have people go with you and help you in the process if you feel inexperienced in that field where you can get someone that that knows the market and the field better than you do to help you make good decisions. And how how has team roping changed to necessitate that, I guess? What what do you think has caused the the need for the market to change and, and respond to it? Well, I think uh, when I when I was young, I have four brothers. When I was young, we had we had four or five horses usually that we roped on, and we shared the best horse. And they would get twenty or thirty or forty runs. We would we would go bring the cows. We had we had a couple of sections. We would bring the cows in. You know, by the time we started roping, they were already tired, and they got they got ridden a lot. Where now, I think horses mostly get ridden in the arena. Very few horses really get ridden outside the arena, ranched on, cowboyed on, and 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 kind of eliminate all of the kinks, if you will, to where. Now I feel like horses are bred. They're, they're 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 bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic. You know, and so there's a, there's an element of hey, I need to make sure this horse is going to work for me at at what I want. Even though even though I can watch the video, I can I've seen the horse go, and I know it's a great horse, but. I don't want the gates to open the first time and sort of blow out the box and throw me off the back and, and, and I can't, you know, I can't ride it. So, so I think it's just as horses are more athletic and bred better and used, used less, you know, we all want our horses to look good. They're fat, they're pretty, they're full of energy. And so the right, the right uh, inexperienced rider, maybe the horse uh, doesn't fit. I had a friend of mine buy two horses out of the Rancho Rio sale that were great horses but he takes them home, puts them in a stall, feeds them, feeds them unlimited, and 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 both horses. He's called me within three or four months after the sale, and he's like, "Hey, I can't, I can't ride this horse. It's just too much for me." Mm-hmm. And and I don't think it's so much what I think is too much for him, but he's just got the horse breathing fire, and he's not riding the horse very much, and so he gets in the box. The horse is just wanting to go full speed. Pretty soon, the horse is bad in the box, and he can't score him. And you know, it's just from from too much feed and not enough riding and high, you know, great breeding, but it's a bad combination of breeding more, more power, more energy, more speed, but then using them less and less and less. And then all of a sudden they get in the head box and they can't take the pressure, if you will. So that's why horses to me are, are, are worth a lot because the ones that can, you know, that that's the value in them. Mm-hmm. But also then that's the process of, Hey, this horse isn't, this horse isn't for every every level of rider. This is who I feel like this horse is going to be really good for. Yeah. And even you and I have talked about this, and on your previous episode of The Score, we talked about how you found Nicholas and then how you got Nikki um, as a result of, or, you know, through yep. through that journey. How, but beyond those two, how has the horse, even for a two-time world champ, Buying horses and finding a great one has not been easy for you. Why? What? What? What's so difficult about finding a great one? Well, I, I think that I've had a couple of pretty good horses, and so it, it makes it harder uh, for me to. It, it's made it harder, I guess. Maybe everyone's different, but I kind of, I kind of have a certain feel that I'm looking for, and horses like that are really rare and so i've done a bad job of 
training horses that maybe they didn't feel exactly like other ones I've had that I was successful on, but still had a lot of good qualities. And so use those good qualities to be successful instead of just pass on them because they didn't score exactly like my other horse and feel like I wanted them to. And even though they, you know, they had a lot of things. And so, and part of it, like, like I started rodeo when I was older, I had, I had a little bit of success, but I've, I've always in my mind wondered, you know, like, I'm, I'm this old. Can I justify a $50,000 horse when I don't know if at my age I, I, I can continue to be successful? And so, so what if I buy a horse for 50 or 60 or $70,000 and then I'm unsuccessful and now I have a, a horse that I've invested my, my savings into that, that I'm not doing good on. And so, so the kind of a, a fear has actually been what I feel like is one of the downfalls to, to, I've had good years and bad years, and I feel like if I would have just trusted trusted in myself and like, hey, I need another head horse. I, I know where this one is, even though he's really expensive, but but it's going to be worth it. You know, it doesn't matter what you spend on a horse if you if he makes a difference of you qualifying for for me the NFR. But for a lower number guys, you know, if, if this horse helps you win at the World Series finale, where another horse would have cost you money, mm-hmm. maybe you win forty or fifty thousand dollars where you would have spent seventy five hundred on three entry fees. I, by not winning, you know, so I think at every level, uh, the, the value of a horse is there if you trust in yourself enough to know that you, you know, that you can go and compete at the level, whether you're the best four or the best number nine, that, that yeah. only difference is where you're competing at. You know, if you, if you're the best four, you have a chance to win so much money every year. If you're the best nine, the same, if you have a horse that allows you to, to utilize your abilities, you know, everyone says it's all the horse and, and it is a lot the horse, but, if you're a great roper and and com- combined with a great horse then you become one of the, you know one of the greatest at your level whether like i said whether it's a 4 or a 6 or a, or a 9 but a great rope on a crappy horse or a, or a great horse with a crappy rider at, the, at at certain levels it takes the combination of both to to make a great great header at that level or healer sure and troy uh, i was just going to add chelsea yeah you know I'm fairly new to the horse market when it comes to, you know, buying, selling, the roping world, all of these different disciplines. But one thing I've noticed coming into it from an outsider's opinion is the horses will gain value when they are able to run for more money. You know, thoroughbreds mm-hmm. run for the most money. That's why they're the most expensive. I honestly think over the past years, there's been more money in circulation and team roping than there ever has been. People are, you know, riding for bigger checks outside of the nfr you know than they ever probably have been in the history of time which makes those good horses more valuable i don't know matt like do you feel that that's pushed the horse market to a a bigger point of hey this is why horses are costing more now than they used to absolutely because just just like i said i mean you have a chance to back in the box and, and the world series finale is the is the best example but there's becoming more and more futurities and more and more big ropings and i was at the title fights the other day every rope and paid fifteen thousand dollars and, and you won you, you know, won half you of them horse, it yeah. just makes your job doesn't mean you're always going to win but a good, a good horse with a good rider at that level you always have a chance to win you yeah. know so it doesn't take very many very many times of backing in the box for 300 dollars fees on a, on a horse that's not very good and you're like wow my horse cost me 1800 dollars this weekend Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and if you look at it like, well, I spent eighteen hundred, but but a better horse, I might have I might have won ten or twelve thousand. So now it's not only what you didn't, what you what you lost, but it's also what you didn't win. 
you know, so so if you buy a really good eight, nine, ten year old horse that you have you have ability to to compete at a really high level for six or seven or eight years, I mean that, that horse is gonna pay for himself time and time again. Plus there's an element of, of life of just enjoying what you do. I've ridden horses that, that man, it, it, it literally, I was angry when I got done riding the <laughs> horse. You know, there's an element of life of just like, I enjoy competing at this level on this horse. Even though I didn't win, man, my horse, he's, you know, he's pretty. He worked great. I got a great thrill at every steer. My, you know, my partner's messed up or maybe I messed up on a couple, but, but it wasn't my horse's fault. You know, it was just like, it was enjoyable to spend the weekend roping and i think that's i think that's part of the value of a good horse like i have people that that just i mean everyone wants to win so i'm not trying to infer that but but horse horse spins out of the box and runs backwards and 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 ducks off right when you throw cuts the corner stops on his front end and you drive your tip into the dirt all those things whether you won or lost that just makes roping more miserable less enjoyable than having just a good horse that's so easy to rope on i mean you you go ask older guys like hey do you want to sell your head horse like absolutely not i mean i trust this horse i know this horse he gives me a chance to win i don't want to start on something else that i don't know and then i hope i can get with this won't sell him yeah yeah troy now tell us how you came into this process like so so all of this is going out in the market and you entered the scene what did you see what needs did you see and and explain how you came to this whole industry to begin with yeah, so I've I've been fascinated with horse sales since I was you know younger. My dad actually showed Arabians when I was little, you know, and he was really big into showing Arabians. But we never really like bought and sold, and you know we we loved to go to the sales, but I don't think we were in any financial position to go buy these big high you know dollar horses or whatnot. My dad just loved to be around it, so. I remember going through, you know, a lot of horse auctions back in the day. And I know that that was the the number one way to buy a horse was either just private treaty or an auction. And as I got older and we started, I started buying some of my own horses. I did exactly what Matt said. I kept on going to somebody I trusted to somebody with more experience. Hey, what do you think of this horse? Hey, what do you think of this? I'd send him videos like this and sometimes even, you know, pay him to come and try the horse with me. And what I found is if we could bring that same service and match it with what the world is changing to, which is this online, you know, big internet driven business, which the internet connects somebody from the East coast to the West coast. And now somebody who's selling a horse on the West coast actually can sell it to somebody on the East coast because of, you know, cell phones and pictures and videos and just all the technology that's come about how do we create a safe environment for that and i saw facebook marketplace coming on and you know instagram and all these platforms where people can throw up whatever they want it's free of charge they can take a million videos to make it just right and i ended up you know figuring out like hey we need to have some sort of checkpoint system to be able to to kind of double check these horses and i saw that the industry was going to blow up with the riata buckle now coming on the fraternities coming on the crown ribbon uh, or the crown royal like these huge fraternities are now driving the roping industry and when me and matt talked about it originally 
that was what I really wanted was I understood, hey, the live sales are great. They're going to be there. They're obviously offering online bidding. So there's people that want to buy online. Why don't we just step up a little bit more and make our process a little bit safer for the bidder? When the bidders feel safe, they're going to bid more. And when the, the sellers get more for their horses, they're going to sell them. And they're going to the best consigners are going to come back. And so that's kind of how it evolved to start was me and Matt, um, Cody Bradford, another partner in the business, kind of put our heads together and said, okay, how do we create an environment where somebody could buy online, not seeing the horse, but really have an opportunity to know exactly what that horse is before they buy it? And that's when we came up with the Gold Buckle Pro demo um, and our, our entire online buying process. Yeah, so walk me through the process. As a as a buyer, what does the process look like? Yeah. So as a buyer, it's really nice because we have, you know, monthly catalogs. We don't usually take a ton of horses. We're not out there to sell 50 or 100 at a time. Um, what happens with a seller when they want to come to sell their horse through our, our sale? Um, our certified, what we call certified process is basically – Number one, being approved into the sale. So we have a panel of Gold Buckle Pros that we contract with across the entire nation. Um, We have people all over that know, you know, a lot of the horses that come through our sale. And most of the time, you know, they know that horse because they competed at a jackpot against it or, or whatnot. So once we get a consigner, we actually can reach out to a Gold Buckle Pro that, that works with, with Gold Buckle directly ask them about the consigner and about the horse. Once the horse is approved into the sale, and we feel good about taking that horse on. That horse goes through a demo process for an entire hour. So the consigner is allowed to take their own video, pictures, whatever, but we set up a time for an hour where that horse has to be taken to one of our unbiased third-party contracted pros and that pro goes through a checklist of each horse where they start on the ground they talk about the gentleness of the horse they walk around it they pick up all four feet they point out any blemishes scars scrapes bumps bruises that maybe a picture could hide and we want to make sure that we're walking around the horse and just pointing out anything that we see that would potentially you know be something that a buyer would want to know at that point, we put the bridle on, we saddle the horse, and we usually, the pro will then watch the, the owner of the horse demo the horse a little bit, ride it around, warm it up, just kind of to get a feel for how that horse reacts with its own, you know, its own rider, its own owner. Then the pro will hop on that horse, and he will then do the same thing. He'll warm him up, spin him, back him up get a good feel of how that horse is, you know, if it's a prospect, you're going to get a good feel of how he moves um, and get a good feel if that horse feels sound. Um, And then if it's a finished head horse or heel horse, they'll have steers, they'll run five or six steers um, and hop off that horse and then talk about it. So all in all, they'll spend a good hour with that horse, just getting to know the horse as if they were buying it for themselves and then they report that back on a video. We edit that video to you know, shrink an hour long process down to 10 or 12 minutes and get all the, the important information out to the bidder. So as a bidder, when I go on to go buckle, I look at a horse, I can watch that video 
and even reach out to that pro and say, hey, this is the type of rider I am. Do you feel like that horse would fit somebody like me? And we've just had such good success on, number one, finding great horses, working with great consigners, and then fitting, you know, uh, the right the right rider with the right horse. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear a lot of our videos. A lot of our pros aren't, they're not putting a value on the horse. They're just giving their honest opinion and saying, hey, you know, I'm paid by Gold Buckle to ride this horse and give you kind of some of the great things it does and some of the things that maybe it can work on and what type of rider I see this this horse being really good for. So who are some of the pros that people can find in these videos? Um, well, Matt. Matt is our, our uh, senior VP of all of our pros. So all the pros that we bring on or that we contract with go through Matt directly. A lot of them are really close friends of his. Um, we've got quite a few. Andy Holcomb um, out on the West Coast is one of our pros. Um, we also have a few female uh, cowgirls. Uh, Kylie McLean down in Arizona is one of our pros. We like to get a good mix. Matt, maybe you can answer who are some of the pros that, that you feel like are you know noteworthy that, that we've worked with before. Well, like Ryan Moses has done a demo. Andy has done a lot of demos. Um, honestly, I do most of them. Chad Smith has done some. Matt Listen has done some. Thad Ward has done some. Uh, Corey Clark. And you have barrel? Do you have barrel racer demos too, or barrel racing demos? Yep. yep. And yep. so Jimmy, yeah. So mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith um, is kind of our our barrel racing uh, pro that lines up all the pros for our barrel racing side. And that's honestly, when we, when we got into this, we wanted to be in the performance horse world. We ended up doing a really cool partnership with the pink and the Ruby and the Riata buckle. Obviously for the roping side of things, the Riata buckle has come out a, a out really strong and we wanted to be a partner with these amazing incentives that people can now buy horses specifically to take to an event mm-hmm. and so what we did with the riata buckle is said hey any horse that is bought through gold buckle comes through our process number one which is safe for an online bidder well they can take that horse then to the riata buckle starting this year in 2023 and they can win and be a part of our side pot which is online so you know the pink buckle the ruby buckle have a sale incentive for their live on-site sale. Um, we now have an online side pot sale incentive for all the rope horses that get sold through our online platform. So that partnership has blossomed really well with the Riata Buckle um, and the Pink and the Ruby. We've already done quite a few um, of their live auctions where we host them on our platform as well. And, and so it just kind of dovetails into our online side. And ultimately, our goal is if you're not going to buy one live at the, at the live stallion select sale, then online at Gold Buckle, being the exclusive partner of these giant incentives, is the next safest place. So those are kind of the, the that, that's kind of the process, um, the pros are you know we've had ivy ivy hirsch jennifer um sharp we've had Mm -hmm. uh, jessica rotier um we've had a lot of really high ranking uh barrel racers that have also demoed horses um 
along with a lot of the, the team ropers as well. Very cool. I think that's a that's certainly a unique element of your program. Absolutely. So where can people I, go ahead? I was just going to add, it's just these guys have had and girls have had such amazing experience in the horse world. Mm-hmm. And they've been around, you know, so many good horses and so many probably not so good horses. And having their opinion means, you know, a lot to a lot of people. And I think that, you know, if they knew like, hey, this is a, an unbiased, we pay, so we pay the the uh, the pro from Gold Buckle. Um, that way they can show up and, and give a good synopsis of the horse and really, you know, feel like, hey, I'm, I'm doing the best I possibly can in the hour that I know this horse. Yeah. And we're not saying that we're going to solve all the problems, but we will solve a lot of the problems that, you know, everybody it seems like who's bought a horse has a horror story. Oh, I bought this and this happened or I did this. And I, I think the saying is, is if you're going to buy a horse from your mother-in-law and make sure you get it vet checked i think that's the mm-hmm. horse. that's the uh the, the consensus so i want we want to make sure that we bring ultimate buyer confidence which will bring great consigners because if we have great buyers we'll have great consigners so that's kind of the the process and then we've actually even elevated it a, another level which is our event sales and i don't know if you've kind of heard about those chelsea but our event sales are where you, as an, a participant in the event, if you're going to the BFI, is the next one. Yep. You can actually enter your horse on our app free of charge. We will market your horse the entire week of the BFI. We'll put on the live stream. We'll capture the runs. We'll put those on there. And so many times, you know, I've heard of people wanting to go to events chasing people out of the arena. Hey, is your horse for sale? Is it not for sale? Well, Gold Buckle is the place that now people can list their their horses when they get to the event. They'll already have them listed. We, we try to match the team number with the lot number. So if it's team number 205, you know it's lot 205. You can now match that and watch that video and know that that horse is actually for sale and be bidding on it. Because another thing that I've heard in the industry is one of the when when a certain person walks up to somebody, if they have a big name and say, "Hey, is your horse for sale?" It usually goes up in price. Well, our platform's nice because you can now bid safely with a paddle number, mm-hmm. and so people can just be placing bids throughout the event. We've done it at the Pink Buckle last year and the Ruby Buckle last year, and we've been able to sell people's horses right during the event where people can watch them live get all the pertinent information, contact the seller, and then bid and buy that horse right out of the event. Very cool. So what are some of the key dates that people need to pay attention to if they're interested in Gold Buckle horse sales? Um, We have a monthly rope horse sale uh, starting this month. We, uh, we, We will be at the BFI for our event sale. So that's March 31st. Um, I think March 31st, we also, it's the first time ever that the Calcutta will have online bidding and that will be hosted on Gold Buckle as well. So the Calcutta at the BFI is going to be live streamed on our app and you'll be able to bid on the team live as well online. Very cool. So So those are two really, really cool dates. The Ruby Buckle is coming up in April. Mm -hmm. We'll have um, a barrel racing catalog also in in april um we've got 
basically rope horse catalogs coming every month throughout the summer. Um, me and Matt have also talked about doing an on-site demo um, where you'll see that coming up in your area. We'll, we'll have 20 horses or so that will be spread out throughout the country in certain areas and we'll show up, we'll demo all those horses in one day. We'll live stream that or we'll, we'll stream that video so that everybody can see, you know, pros on those horses. And the biggest thing I've, I've noticed in the online world is just the confidence to know that what the seller is saying is true. And so for a seller to have somebody like Matt Sherwood show up, ride their horse and say, man, this horse just works so good. It was awesome in the box, scored a bunch of steers. I ran a bunch of steers. He just was quiet. That gives bidders so much confidence to go buy that horse without maybe going and trying it themselves. And so that is ultimately what we do at Gold Buckle. Very Chelsea, cool. several times, sorry, several uh-huh. times we went to do the demo mm-hmm. and uh, got got so far into the demo process and had to tell the consigner, hey, um, we, this, we can't sell this horse. Bad in the box, reared out of the box, spun around in the box. And one time we were talking to a guy at the very, very beginning of this, and he told us, I can make any rope horse look good on video. You know, and I feel like that's exactly what we're trying to avoid because you can score four or five and then turn the camera on, score one. Wow, that horse score is amazing. Or steer stop four or five and then then run up there and stick it on one and your horse gets on its butt. and You know, wow, that horse has no duck at all. There's so many things that you can do with the camera off that then when you turn the camera on, your horse looks good. And so it isn't it isn't just like, well, we just go ride these horses and put them in there. And I understand that, you know, you run five or six or seven steers on a horse and you obviously obviously don't know everything about the horse it takes it takes a long time and i try to say that on almost every demo that i do but it does allow you the opportunity to get in there back in the box rope a steer come right back up back in the box rope a steer and and have an idea of of this horse isn't isn't going to take the heat you know by by the third or fourth steer he's he's prancing out of the box turning sideways kicking his butt out and so we're either able to say hey this horse is really young not a finished horse. He, this this is what he does, and and so not saying that you, every horse has to be perfect to to put in our sale, but it allows us to to tell potential buyers about every horse the best that we can. And myself or any of the other pros, and that's one of the one of the things that the pros are a little bit hesitant about is like, well, I, you know, I only run seven or eight steers on the horse. I don't I, I don't really want to put my name on him and say, oh, this is what that horse is, you know. And so hopefully buyers know that. We don't know everything about the horse, but we are trying to eliminate anything that mm-hmm. if you if you tell me I got to finish that horse, he's ready to go, and on the third steer he spins around and I can't get him in the box, then then we're going to say, hey, no, thank you, we're not putting this horse in the sale because even if we disclose that, someone to someone takes the horse home and that happens, and then it's you know it's disappointing that they bought a horse. If the horse is three or four years old and he's a little bit nervous in the box and green, then that's a, that's a whole different you know that's a whole different thing. Then we just disclose, hey, this this horse four years old, just getting started, a little bit nervous, needs to go to a, a, a young guy that has a time, energy, can can finish the horse out, you know. But anything that comes to us as a finished horse, if they're if they have problems, we just turn them away. And mm-hmm. so it helps prevent us putting horses for sale that could possibly have been, you know, made, made the horse look good on video, but maybe the horse does have problems that would be disappointing when, when someone buys a horse and gets it home. 
Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's that's certainly a, a a nice protection to have in there. Absolutely, and right. that you don't get everywhere. Well, guys, thank you so much, Matt. I will let you get back to your day of cowboying. I'm so grateful you guys are able to make the time for me today. Southern Arizona. Yes. Is it hot yet? Is it just sweltering? 75 degrees today. Oh, how nice. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chelsea. We appreciate it. All righty. We'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks.